Hello, welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardy, and today we continue our fantasy final series with a look at which tight ends are borderline wide receivers. We've talked about this concept a lot with Mike Desicki. That was kind of what th- made me think about this idea in general, and I want to see what tight ends are essentially wide receivers and the way they are used. Uh, it's a topic that we've really seen come to fruition uh, more in, I think, uh, NFL circles over the past seven, eight years. It started in 2014. Jimmy Graham the younger version, absolutely balling for the saints in the middle parts of the two thousands saints. were going to franchise tag him. Now there's a difference of about $5 million between franchising Jimmy Graham as a tight end or franchising him as a wide receiver. Jimmy Graham said, I want to be franchised as a tight end. I spent 66% of my snaps in the slot or out wide last year. Why am I still considered a tight end when I play wide receiver An arbitrator said, I don't care. We're calling you a tight end anyway, and Jimmy Graham got to make less money than a professional football team should have been forced to pay him. Good job, arbitrator. Way to be a uh, man or woman of the people. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's just an issue that we've seen plague these guys more and more. And I mean, Greg Olson... I think said it perfectly. They had that whole tight end you thing. If you guys didn't see some of those videos, Travis Kelsey losing his damn mind, a bunch of tight ends got together over the off season, the party, maybe learn something about football. I don't know, but either way, this was a good quote from Greg Olson. We have to do the same shit that a 15 million left 15 million dollar left tackle has to do and run the same routes against the same guy that a 15 million dollar wide receiver has to run routes against. And they're going to pay us 7 million. Olsen spot on people. Just five tight ends are making at least $10, $10 million annually, 27 wide receivers and 16 left tackles. Not even including right tackles, 16 left tackles make that much. Five tight ends at 10 mil annually, 27 wide receivers, 16 left tackles. It just doesn't add up. And I get it. You know, I've, as someone that is also on team running backs do matter. It's the NFL salary cap that makes them not matter. Uh, you know, it is frustrating to see this NFL's arbitrary salary cap system force, you know, players to make less money than they otherwise could. And you can say, Oh, the salary caps there for parody and all that. Well, how come baseball has more champions, more different champions than football uh, since 2000. So I don't know. I don't think, uh, you know, Completely eliminating the salary cap is probably the best answer. Then again, I don't think the current edition where tight ends and running backs are getting this underpaid is the best answer either. So seems like football is doing well enough that all these guys can be making a hell of a lot more money than they currently are. Whatever. I mean, and we're also talking about guys making, you know, 10 million instead of 7 million. I think they're all going to be pretty happy either way, but back to the study at hand, one to look at which tight ends might have, you know, a problem with this system and could feasibly say, Hey, I'm used like a wide receiver pain me like a wide receiver focusing on pass play alignment. So basically, uh, you know, the main thing we're looking at, did they line up in the snap or out wide when they were getting targeted? We're not just looking at overall snaps. We were looking at when they were targeted. So looking at mostly just high volume receivers, uh, I used the 50 target threshold. And when we use 50 targets, it, you know, takes us down to about 30 players at the position. And with that in mind, we saw 12 high volume tight ends. See at least 60% of their targets come from the slot or out wide. Number one, Jared Cook, 86% of his targets from the slaughter out wide. Now a member of the Los Angeles chargers. He's got Joe Lombardi, the saints QB coach uh, now in town. And there's not much competition with Hunter Henry gone. I am concerned though. Jared Cook now, I believe 34 years of age, Donald Parham is there. And I just think that there's enough, uh, you know, enough people for Justin Herbert to throw the ball to that. I am not exactly buying Jared Cook having a successful transition to the saints. And 
again, he's following his coach there, but, you know, projecting this sort of role to come back to fruition for him, I think is probably wishful thinking. Number two people. I was like, I think I did this study on a Monday and today is fr Friday. So four days ago, I was that old when I found out Anthony Perkser might just be the Miami Dolphins, or no, not the Miami Dolphins, the Tennessee Titans slot receiver, Anthony Perkser people. And we've been hyping him up on this podcast uh, in our, what AFC South preview with Andrew Erickson. So if you've already heard the spiel, uh, you know, sorry, not sorry, actually. No, I'm not going to apologize for that because you should be drafting Anthony Perkser and fancy leagues of all shapes and sizes. He spent eight, 84% of his, uh, yeah, he was 86% actually of his targets came from the slot or out wide. Look, as much as Julio coming in, like maybe hurts Ferkser's chances at getting, you know, 100, 100, 110 targets. The bigger thing is that Adam Humphreys is gone. Humphreys was second on this team in targets from the slot last year. Ferkser was first. Oh, and Johnny Smith is gone. So Ferkser, even though he's only played more than 50% of the offensive snaps in two of his 47 career games, the two main guys that were holding him back are now both gone and were not replaced by anyone really worth a damn. So I get it. ASAP Ferk's chances of being, you know, a top five tight end, probably probably gone with Julio in the picture. This is still a guy that can, I think, finish inside the fantasy's top 12 uh, tight ends, and we won't really think twice about it. Tight end, slot, wide receiver uses aside. If you just look at who Tannehill has been able to enable over the past two years to spend this tight end position. Overall, Titans tight, uh, Titans tight ends as a whole, 12th in targets, tied for eighth in receptions, eighth in receiving yards, fifth in touchdowns, six in yards per out run over the past two years. That is absolutely spectacular efficiency. I think Ferguson can keep it up. He's my 13th highest ranked tight end right now, and that honestly feels low. He is the big takeaway from this podcast. If you want to turn it off now, I'd be a little hurt, but I wouldn't necessarily blame you. Ferkser is the big takeaway. Everyone else is where we start to see potential issues arise. Mike Jasicki, 84% of his targets from the slaughter out wide. Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, and Phil Fuller are the starting three wide receivers. We all get that. They drafted Hunter Long in the third round. I know Jasicki's smart uh, spark score is fantastic. I like the guy. I've been a not maybe truther level with the guy, but I've certainly rostered him and fair share of dynasties and even redrafts over the years. I don't see the same role coming back. People. He had a great end of the season last year when everybody was hurt. Now everyone's healthy and there's even more added competition at both tight end and more importantly in the slaughter out wide where he usually plays anyway. Logan Thomas was at 82% of his targets from the slot or out wide. Also problematic. Now Logan Thomas has to deal with Adam Humphreys while Anthony Ferkser doesn't. Now Logan Thomas has to deal with Curtis Samuel, maybe Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick continue to see some extra work. I wouldn't say, you know, fade Logan Thomas. I still think he's a quality tight end one because they were using him at a legit every snap role last year and they didn't bring in the other, you know, major tight end competition. So even though Thomas was used more so, uh, you know, as a slaughter out wide, we don't have the same like Hunter Long risk uh, to uh, Logan Thomas like that Mike Tosecki does. So, you know, Thomas, if you guys have never heard of this, you know, pretty rare fact about him, he used to play quarterback back in the day. He was legit making just some awesome plays down the stretch last year. So, you know, when we can get a proven good player like Thomas is now after last year, that's when I'm willing to not, you know, completely freak out when uh, there's more parties in the equation. Now, uh, Zach Ertz, 72%. 
of his uh, targets in the slaughter out wide, apparently now favored to come back to Philly. Uh, this makes me so mad people. We get months and months of reports uh, just about, it, it reminds me of like when weathermen mess up when they tell you there's a 70% chance of rain. And then it's like, Oh, well uh, you know, it didn't rain. Told you there was a 30% chance uh, possibility. Everyone that was probably saying, Oh, you know, Zachers, the bills, you know, believe to be done as soon as next week. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, it didn't happen. It's like, yeah, you, you're wrong. And I know we're not going to punish these people, but it's like, come on. How many Zachers, the Bills rumors did we hear? Nothing seemingly coming of it. Now it's going to be annoying with him and Dallas Goddard. Everyone out there saying like this doesn't change anything from Dallas Goddard. What the hell are you smoking? Because I want some, but mostly, mostly you're wrong. Like this absolutely changes things for Dallas Goddard. We're now going to have a two tight end situation. At a minimum, Goddard's not going to be my tight end six anymore. I'm going to move him down far closer to that borderline tight end one range. You know, again, if you have two real life tight ends in your offense, you probably don't have any in fantasy football. Mark Andrews has 69% of uh, his uh, targets in the slot or out wide. Yeah, we know we talked about this in the alpha target hog section. Andrews does fit the bill of a number one receiver that plays tight end in his offense. The problem, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, even Tylen Wallace. Like we just got more and more guys in this offense that already barely throws the ball as it is. So Mark Andrews is someone just in that range of tight ends I happen to get. I try to get Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. And if I don't get them, I'm usually waiting to the Troutman, Ferks, or Jarwin type of group far later. Travis Kelsey, 68% of his targets from slaughter out wide. You guys don't need me to tell you why Kelsey is again, uh, the consensus tight end one Jimmy Graham, 67%. Remember this is, you know, your bi-weekly reminder, bi-weekly reminder that Jimmy Graham has a no trade clause. So the bears can't trade him. They can cut him. I'm not sure what they're waiting for. He's not washed. He's still Okay, he's pretty washed. In the red zone, he's not washed. If, if you look at his highlights from the last two years, you're going to see way more like dope contested catches inside the 20-yard line than you remember. So from that standpoint, he's not washed. Obviously, he's not the same guy he was even, you know, five, six years ago. I would like to see Cole Komet get featured a little more often. He already had a near every down role, and this, again, shows you why Jimmy Graham was playing more of a slot receiver, and maybe that's their plan going into next year. They don't like Anthony Miller. Daz Newsome, six-round pick. I mean, I know they elevated Mooney pretty quick, and he wasn't a day one or day two guy either. But it would make sense, you know, if we see a little more two tight end stuff out of the Bears. I think they were anticipating, assuming Graham is on the roster by week one. Evan Ingram at 66% people, like my biggest fate at the tight end position. I just don't see the allure with going back to Evan Ingram. Kyle Rudolph is there and Rudolph is not just this, you know, Jag, just a guy that people aren't going to, you know, be paying attention to. He got a $12 million deal to join the giants. He's sitting with Daniel Jones at the damn basketball game a few months ago when the Knicks were, uh, you know, competing for the playoffs or whatever. So Ingram, man, like last year, he was the number one guy in the offense. He had over a hundred targets. Now we got Kadarius, Tony, Kenny Galladay taking away these looks from the slot and out wide. And we got Kyle Rudolph taking away the true inline targets as well. So everything going down for Evan Ingram, uh, Tyler Eifert cracked this list. He's a free agent. Hunter Henry cracked this list at 63%. That'd be interesting to see him get, you know, some more true receiver usage with the Patriots while John who's in the backfield could be one of the more interesting situations to, uh, to watch. I've been, um, 
not soaring on these guys, but I would say, I think where Henry and John are going, if he can get them as just upside tight end twos instead of top 10 players, that's fine. We all understand the risk that goes with these guys, but when they're falling outside the top 10 or 12, you can suddenly get them the double digit rounds. And if either Henry or John who get injured, we're talking about a top five, top six option immediately. And it would make sense that McDaniels, you know, who is one of only two guys to engineer an offense with two high end fantasy relevant tight ends in the same year over the past a decade, it makes sense if he could maybe get close to doing that again. Last guy of note, Dalton Schultz, 60%. I do think he's going to lose a lot of his work to Blake Jarwin this year. So thank you as always for tuning in, everybody. And again, the moral of the story for this podcast, Anthony Ferkser is not your late round tight end of the year. He is the late round tight end of the year, 2021. People, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. If he did, and if you like fantasy football and if you like play, playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season long game where you draft a team like you normally do. But that's it. There's no in season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. Go to Underdog Fantasy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF. Get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's promo code PFF. Draft now at Underdog Fantasy. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Fantrax. Uh, Fantrax is NFL Fantasy Football League Manager. is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the entire industry. PFF is gearing up to play our leagues on Fantrax this season, and I cannot wait. One of the cool features is you can get projected player rankings based on your league's custom some scoring you know if you played in the scott fishbowl uh where we got you know kickers in the super flex we got uh you know points per completion or i think it was like you got negative points per incompletion you can make really funky rules to change pretty much everything and if you're just you know continuously using your ppr ranks against all these other different uh, league settings you're entering that can be problematic fan tracks helps uh helps you fix that whatever whichever league you're in you can customize it exactly the way you want but coming from another site that is no problem fan tracks import any of your current leagues sign up and play now at fantrax.com slash pff and actually get a chance to win an autographed jersey from josh allen that's right fantrax.com slash pff home of fantasy sports go get that autographed jersey from josh allen thank you again for tuning in everybody new episodes of pff fantasy pod every single day throughout the summer and until next time take care